This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. I'm so excited about this episode. Um, the topic's needful, um, and, and it's, I believe it's going to be tremendous. Uh, the conversation back and forth, I think this will be, uh, this will be a blessing to, to somebody that hears it, because really, um, you know, when we look at our life, we know that everything's not perfect. Um, things happen. Life happens. But such such is it, it is. Um, but before we get too too deep into this uh, this conversation or or this topic, um, we have a very special guest. We have Brother Steve Warman with us. I'm so excited. So thank you so much, sir, for joining us. Would you just tell the uh, introduce yourself, tell the listeners a bit about you uh, briefly, uh, where you're located at, at your ministry, and what God's doing? Yeah, thank you. It's it's great to be with you today. Um, as you said, my name is Steve Warman, and I'm in Auburn Hills, Michigan. I pastor the Apostolic Church of Auburn Hills, Michigan, um, and I am privileged to do so, and I've been here now for going on 29 years. 29 years? Yeah. So I actually... I. Interestingly enough, a uh, bit off, bit bit off topic, but I, uh, I, I recently got a hold of some uh, Winterfire CDs, and uh, I think th- there's one that says Steve Warman on. I don't know if it's you or not, but I, I was just looking at it today. Did you preach at Winterfire? Yeah. I did. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, Connecticut. Yes, sir. In Connecticut. Um, tr- tremendous, uh, tremendous message, um, uh, was a blessing. So, so when we think about life and, and, and Christianity, um, a- as a whole, you know, we've got to consider several things. And, and one of those things is that, um, while God does uh, prosper his people when they're obedient to his word, while he does provide healing, um, and he does do these different things in our lives, uh, because of our obedience, um, to, to the gospel, to the word of God. And, and throughout these, this process of serving him, he, he, he blesses, he prospers, and he multiplies. Now, the presence of God's blessings uh, is not the absence of, of troubles, trials, uh, circumstances, adversity, uh, things of that nature. Um, so, so when we're looking at at facing what seem like tumultuous uh, circumstances or, or mountains or, or situations, um, we, we've got to remember that. Be the the presence of, of of a situation of a giant of a mountain of a situation is not the absence of God or the absence of God's right. love. Um, and, and so, what it ends up coming down to is, is understanding that life is just going to come with adversity. Right. Absolutely. And so, when 
when we realize that life is going to come with adversity, whether we're serving God or not, the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. What that means is good things happen to good people, good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people, bad things happen to bad people. And I don't really want to put people in the, the, the good or bad category uh, because we know that God is a redeemer and he can redeem anybody regardless of their lifestyle, regardless of their sin, regardless of what they've done. Um, so what we're going to be talking about today is, if you haven't figured it out yet, adversity. We're going to be talking about trusting God in the face of yeah. adversity. When we're going through trials, when we're going through situations, when, when, when life, when it feels like life has hit us with a freight train, how do you handle that? How do you go forward? So I would like to hear a little bit about what you think. Uh, just share your heart and uh, maybe we'll just keep the conversation going back and forth um, right. about, about, you know, trusting God, trusting God when, when yeah. life doesn't seem perfect. Absolutely. Well, I think you're talking to the right guy because I've had many instances in my life where I trust God and things did not seem to work out perfect. Um, do you mind if I tell a story to get us that would be here? That would be perfect. Go ahead. It's, it's a real life story that happened to me last May. Um, from May 21st, it was a Saturday, May 21st, 2022. I awakened on a Saturday morning about 6 a.m. with a headache, a really bad headache. Um, I didn't think that much about it. I've had headaches before. So I thought to myself, well, if I'll just get up and get going, you know, it'll work itself out. I'll, I'll feel okay a little bit later. And the night before, there had been a ladies' night at our church, and my youngest daughter, had come home from the ladies' night and said, oh, I, I left my phone at the church, and she gave me a couple of suggestions of rooms that she thought perhaps they were in, so that it was in. So I thought, well, I'll just run over there and see. Nobody's there. It's very early on Saturday morning. As I'm in the church, I look in a couple of rooms. I didn't see it. It's, it was found somewhere else. But um, as I'm in the church, walking down a hallway, all of a sudden the pain in my head got so sharp that I I literally said, and I remember saying, oh God, you have to help me. I'm in trouble. It was so sharp that I knew I was in trouble. I was coming up to a door and I, there was, the car was out there and I went through the door and got in my car and drove home do not even really remember this drive home. But when I got here, I went into my bedroom, and my wife, Renee, was still in bed. It's you know, not even 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning. And she said that I started, like, hitting the pillows and stuff, and she couldn't figure out. Well, she wakes up and can't figure out what's wrong. And I said, my head is just killing me. So she's like, okay, well... I have some Excedrin migraine, I'll go get it. She went to get it and brought it back. And when she brought it back, the um, the deal is that she tried to give it to me and I couldn't, I couldn't reach for it, I couldn't take it. And she says, oh, Steve, I, I, I'm afraid that you're having a stroke. And I'm going to call 911. 
I'm not going to give you this. I'm going to call 911. So she does, and the deal is I indeed had a brain bleed and a stroke. I went unconscious. I don't remember much about the next couple of days. Ended up in the hospital. Ended up five days in ICU. Three weeks in the hospital. And um, God brought me through. People began to pray right away. Our church, um, the word went out to our staff. Our church started praying. Spread all over to everybody. People prayed for me. I have run into so many people over the last, you know, 10 months. Um, that's it. We prayed for you. And I'm very grateful for all the prayers and anybody who may be watching this. Thank you so much for your prayers. God did a miracle for me, a real miracle. Because in that in that incident, I had this this aneurysm brain bleed situation that it was so large. When we went to see the neurosurgeon after I got out of the hospital. He put the scan up on the screen and he showed it to us and he said, look at this. And it was, the, the bleed was, you know, very large. And he showed that it shifted the midline of my brain. And the shift of the midline of my brain, he told us, should have incapacitated me, should have killed me and should have incapacitated me. When my wife got to the hospital, as a matter of fact, um, she was told that I wouldn't make it if my kids wanted to see me. They need to come in right now. Um, but God performed a miracle. And through all of that, he brought me through it. Three weeks later, I left the hospital, left on a walker. But I woke up able to remember everything, able to talk. You know, my mouth was still a little drawn. I had, I couldn't walk. I had a lot of weakness on my left side. But it was unbelievable because the neurologist, when we walked in his office, I walked in on a walk. When I walked in, he just started laughing. He said, I can't believe you just walked into my office. He said, you don't understand. Your survival rate was very low. Your recovery rate was less than one-tenth of one percent. And yet you've walked into my office. He said, you shouldn't be able to talk. You shouldn't be able to reason. Your cognitive skills should be greatly reduced. Um, and yet, here I am. Three weeks and I'm out of the hospital. God. Six weeks. Six weeks later, I walk out on the platform of our church and thank the church for their prayers. Nine weeks later, I'm preaching. This just God gave us a miracle, I complete miracle. Amen. But, you know, I told the congregation that my life is a life of miracles. And I'm thankful, but I'd like to not need one. <laughs> It'd be nice to not need a miracle. But I've needed it. And when I've needed them, God has worked it out. And um, it's a journey. It's a process. Laying there in that room, I didn't know where I would go, what I would do, how it was going to turn out. But I did know this. I did know if God kept me alive, he had a purpose for me. 
Otherwise, that would have been the best time for me to go. I mean, if it was my time to go, that was the best way and the best time for me to go. So obviously God had a purpose and I made up my mind there that I would walk this thing out and discover what it was that God had for me in my life. Um, and I found that adversity actually builds you. You know, what, when I look back over life, it's not the high times, the mountain experiences, the great times when everything goes so well. Those are not what have made me. What has made me who I am today is when I've had to fight my way through. When there's been difficulty, when there's been trial, when there's been stress. That's what has built my character, helped me to overcome, helped me to persevere. Um, so when, you, when I look back, I give God praise for all of the good times. But I'm really very grateful for the struggles because that's what brings us through. So as you were talking, I got, I got you were talking about storms and it, it kind of brought to my remembrance um, a story. It's not really a story. It's, it's a fact. But there were these scientists um, that created this sort of whole eco ecosystem inside of a dome. And they were, and they were growing these trees inside this dome. And they just, what would happen is as the trees would grow, they would get so tall that they would just fall over inside the dome. They, they weren't able to hold their weight. They weren't able to, to stand firm. And they attributed this to the fact that these trees didn't experience life they didn't experience the wind they didn't experience the storms and so what would happen is their root system wasn't uh required to dig deep and 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 into the ground and into the soil so that way that when the wind blew they would they would stand firm and they would stay there and so inside this dome obviously these trees required to be able to stand you know there are some trees that are what 40 40 feet tall. They're massive. There are some massive trees in the world. Well, how did they get that big? If it's impossible for them to be that big on their own. God created it in such a way that just as us, we have to go through life and, and through situations in our life. And when the wind blows and, and the storms come, in those moments, that's when we need to get rooted in the word of God, rooted in the promises of God, rooted in the truth of the word of God. And when we do that, it makes it so we're able to withstand the storm and then we become stronger and the tree, it becomes stronger. And so, you know, I, I'm thinking the Apostle Paul, he's really uh, my favorite example because um, he, he's talking to the church uh, in, in, in Corinth and he's, he talks to him and he's saying, you know, he pretty much says, I, I've been through hell is pretty much what he's saying. Yeah. I received 40 stripes from the Jews. I was beaten with rods. I was stoned. I suffered ship, shipwreck, uh, uh, you know, in weariness, in, in fastings often, in watchings often, in hungers and thirst. And he just goes through and he says all these different things. And, 
He says it was all for the glory of God. And so we go through things in life, whether it's, whether it's a, a health issue, whether it's a financial crisis, whether it's uh, uh, family issues, uh, whether it's a, a church uh, uh, problems that are happening. Everything that happens, happens if we allow it to bring glory to God. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Um, as you were talking about the Apostle Paul, I thought about an Old Testament uh, of Abraham. You know, mm -hmm. he's called out from his uh, father's house. You know, uh, Abraham was was successful. His father was successful. They they knew business and they did very well. And then he's called to walk away and follow God. He doesn't know where the journey's going, it would have been nice if God gives you the plan and tells you exactly <laughs> what's going to happen along the way. But I don't know about you, but I've never really had that happen. He, he seems to put me out there and then let me figure it out as we go, you know. I, I, would, I would love for the details to be filled. And this is Abraham. You know, he calls him out to go. And, and But he tells him, you have great promise, you know, you're going to be the father of many nations. You're going to uh, have uh, success. And what does Abraham experience when he leaves? He doesn't experience success for a long time. As a matter of fact, right away there's famine. The famine drives him and all of his people. He's got his nephew Lot, who he's trying to grow into the family business, you know and all of their herds, all of their people, they can't survive famine, so they go to Egypt. When he gets in Egypt, what happens there? Well, Pharaoh takes a liking to his wife. He, he lies, he does something he never dreamed he would do. You know, lies that she's my sister and whatever. Half-truths. Um, so failure, you know, he experiences failure. He goes famine and failure. You would think if God called you to do this, it would be fun and festival. Instead, he has famine and failure. Um, then he gets through that. Lots of people can't get along with his people. One day it gets so bad that Abraham calls Lot up and says, listen, we're going to have to divide. And this was hard for Abraham. He loved Lot like his own son. I mean... He didn't want to lose, but he said, you've got to go and you choose, and Lot chose the well-watered plants. There was separation. None of this looks like God. <laughs> None of this looks like a journey of faith, because surely if God tells you to do something, you're only going to experience success, but he's not experiencing success. He's experiencing famine, failure separation and he's walking all over the place he's meandering everywhere and he can't really seem to settle anywhere and i'm sure that he wondered at times if he had really heard god call him out and in our mind especially in our western way of thinking and in the time that we live in we think 
if God calls you, it's a straight shot, you know, from point A to point B, from where you are to where God wants you to be. And then we discover as we live life, it's not a straight journey. It's a meandering journey. We're over here and over there. We have famine. We have failure. We have disappointment, separation, all of this till we finally get to where God wants us to be. But in all of that, God was fulfilling his word because he had told Abraham, wherever your foot lands, I'm giving up to you. If it had been a straight shot from point A to point B, he would have lost a lot of territory. Wow. Maybe Andrew was actually putting his feet in places. Wow. That he could pick up some unbelievable territory. And so I just found this to be true in my life. When conflict comes, when crisis comes, when difficulty arises, when the journey is not what I thought it would be, when I can't get to where I want to go the way I think I should, I find out that's God setting me up for his promise to be fulfilled in my life. He's just adding to my territory. Wow. That is incredible. And as you were talking, it really at the beginning, um, you know, the, we walk by faith and not by sight. Mm-hmm. And if we walk by faith and not by sight, that means that we have to keep walking regardless of what it looks like. That's right. Because if if God were to give us the plan ahead of time, or or at least he can tell us, he can show us, you know, the city whose builder and maker was God and that that's where, where God wants us to be. But the process that we take to get there, it's going to require you to keep walking. When, right. when, as you were saying, when there's famine, when there's conflict, when there's separation, when there's things going on in your life that, that, that the, the winds and the storms of life just just that seem to be, and it, all, it almost sometimes feels like it's too much to bear, but yes. without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because without faith, you can't walk in obedience to God and trust that in the face of adversity, He has a plan, He has a purpose, and He has a specific place where He is sending you or where He wants you to go. And and. I just feel this in the Holy Ghost right now. I don't know who needs to hear it, but you have been you have been walking by faith and you're questioning the call of God and and as you're listening to this, you're going to know. You're going to know that yes, there's trouble. Yes, there's trials. Yes, there's adversity. Yes, there may be a mountain you have to climb. Yes, there may be a giant you have to fight. But every single situation there is a purpose, there is a plan, and at the end of the day, it's going to bring glory to God. So Abraham, may Abraham, as, as Brother Warman had said, Abraham maybe questioned God a few times and was wondering, geez, I, I don't know, was this really God's will? Did I really hear from God? Sure, as I'm speaking tonight on this podcast, you did hear from God, and you need to obey the voice of God, and that's going to require you to trust God in the face of adversity. Right. Absolutely. Okay, I, want, I want to go back. I don't want to keep talking about myself or this incident that happened in my life, but it was a life-changing incident. And for our church, um, the Wednesday night before the Saturday that this happened, I was leading prayer in our church, and I had said to the congregation, gathered that night, 
I said, I'm, I have a fear that we may be losing our faith for divine healing. We had been through a rough period. COVID was not good to us here in Michigan or in our church. We had died. We had several deaths very recently. In fact, that week, I did three funerals that very week. Um, younger people, the three guys my age at the church had and not all of it was COVID. There were various things, but I, I and I was saying to the to the people gathered on this Wednesday night for prayer. I said, I I'm afraid we may lose our faith because we've seen so much loss. And I and I said, we're going to pray that God will give us a notable miracle this weekend. Okay, all this happens. I'm, I forget all about that. Months later. A gentleman comes up to me and says, do you remember what you had us pray that Wednesday night? And I said, I know, I don't. He recounts the story to me and he said, you said, God, we need God to give us a notable miracle this weekend. He said, you were the notable miracle. <laughs> and I was. And after all of this was done and I, I finally got, you know, back to going into the office and all of this, one of the pastors on our staff said, you know, something has happened in our church. And he said, I, I hate that you had to go through what you went through. There's so much faith in our church. And our church needed, especially the younger generation, needed to see a miracle. And we saw one. And God used it for his glory. And I remember we sat here, we just... We're in awe of the situation. And I said, you know, other than, and I have a couple lingering issues, but nothing that probably anybody really even notices. And I said, I'm no worse for the wear. And if God needed to use me to bring this about, then so be it. And I'm going to tell you, brother, from last summer to this has been unbelievable here at the church, just such growth numerically, spiritually, and in every other way. Just our faith is, is high. And so sometimes we wonder why things happen. You started out by saying good things happen to good people and bad people, bad things happen to good people and bad people. And we can complain and why would this happen to us? But at the end of the day, God's going to take whatever has happened to us, and he's going to use it for good. And we know all things work together. Amen. And if we can just trust that, trust that this process is setting me up for something great. I have been disappointed. I was disappointed with attendance in our church after COVID. I was disappointed with lack of participation. I had tried everything I knew to do to get things back on track that I felt would be back on track. It just wasn't what it had been, I didn't feel. And I mean, I was going crazy. And yet God took an incident that happened to me and put it all back on track. Amen. And I believe for somebody watching this today, you know, they might not be a health scare. It could be many of them. This could be... Um, different struggles, but 
I believe God can take that struggle and it would be a setup for a miracle. I think a good way, um, I think it's, 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 it's gotta be, it's gotta be said. Um, we're talking about adversity. We're talking about trusting in God in the face of adversity. You, you can't talk about adversity and have a biblical example, not talk about Job. You can't do it. Why? Because Job was, the Bible says that he was an upright man. He was a righteous man. And through this, this whole sort of what seems to be this cosmic war between good and evil when really we know that God's always on top and regardless of what the devil tries to, to, to say to you or speak in your life, God is all sufficient. He's the all sufficient one. Flung the stars into existence, stretches the heavens. The earth is his footstool. The heavens are his throne. He knows everything about us. He knows what we have need of before we ever ask. He's, he's the beginning. He's the ending. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Okay. So here's Job. He's, he's, he's lost his family. He's lost his health. He's lost his prosperity. And he's sitting there. He ends up scraping, uh, boils on a pile of ashes. And people are like, well, why don't you, his wife, why don't you just curse God and die? And what does he sit? What does he do? He stands up or seemingly, you know, it, he just says, though he slay me, though he slay me, I've lost all these things, but though he slay me, still, I will trust him. And so when we're talking about trusting God in the face of adversity, if you're going through it, I recommend you read the book of Job. I recommend you read that story. Understand the goodness of God to Job, even in his problems. Because what happened? He prays for his friends that were, you know, talking bad about him. He prays for them. And then what does God do? Multiplies, multiplies his substance, his health. Gets his health back. Family, his, his, his prosperity, everything comes back. And it's, it's, it's multiplied. It's not what it was before. It's more than he had before. Right. right. And so even if all you come out of your situation with is a little more faith, you came out with something more. You came out with a peace that passes understanding. You've come out of your situation, of your adversity, with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Why? Because you know that you can trust in God in your situation, in your circumstance, in your finances, in it all. Because he owns it all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we see this. We see this in our lives. We see it in the lives of others. And really, in a lot of ways, if, if you walk through a time of adversity, and you keep your trust and keep your confidence in God, not only do you come out of it with a testimony, but there will be a testimony passed down for generations. Your kids see it. They'll talk about it to their grandkids. It'll be a generational blessing, really, um, if you can just continue. So you just gotta, you just gotta stay in there and just realize that 
God may not have explained it to you at the beginning. But if he did, I mean, if he told us, really, think about it, if he told us what our life would be and laid it all out there so we knew, you know what we would do because we're human? We would focus on the negative. <laughs> and we'd be afraid to even take a step wow. because of all the bad stuff that could happen to us or would happen to us. So he hides it from us. It's the grace of God that hides it all from us. And he makes us just walk on through and go through it all. And then when we get to the other side, we look back and say, wow, you know, what a mighty God we serve. Amen. Our, in the words of Andre Crouch, I, I thank God for the mountains. I thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the storms he brought me through because if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve it. Amen. Praise God. Well, brother, this has been absolutely, absolutely incredible. I don't want to belabor the point. Um, I, I, I feel like uh, what needs to be said has been said. I, I feel like somebody's going to be blessed. Um, but before we close, I, I wonder if if um, if you feel like there's just something um, after after everything that is said that you want to leave the uh, the uh, the listeners with um, that you think will, think will be a blessing, or they've listened to this so far and you just want them to walk away with with a with a with a word. I just want to I just want to share this again with with everyone before we go. I just want to tell you that my plan may not always match up with God's plan, but if I surrender my plans to Him, then I'll find out that what He had for me was bigger than I could ever imagine. Because he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And what's happening right now is blowing your mind because it's above anything that you could have ever dreamed. And the adversity that you're going through is God setting you up. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.